Welcome to the Neon Noise Podcast, your home for learning ways to attract more traffic to your website, generate more leads, convert more leads into customers, and build stronger relationships with your customers. And now, your hosts, Justin Johnson and Ken Franzen. Hey, 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 Neon Noise Nation. This is the Neon Noise Podcast, where we decode marketing and sales topics to help you grow your business. What's up, everyone? This is Justin Johnson, and with me, I have my co-host, Mr. Ken Franzen. Ken, what's going on? Justin, things are going great today. I am looking <laughs> forward to speaking to our guest, Mark right. Schaefer. I've uh, read some of his books, listened to his podcast, love his work, and I can't wait to dive into some of these questions that we have for him. Beautiful. Beautiful. Our guest is an expert when it comes to social media marketing workshops and has written multiple books on marketing and personal branding. As Ken stated, today we have on Mark W. Schaefer. He is an internationally acclaimed college educator, author, keynote speaker, and strategy consultant. He has given speeches and workshops for some of the biggest brands on the planet. Mark is a best-selling author of some of the most beloved marketing books. His award-winning books are used at more than 50 universities and can be found in more than 750 libraries around the world. His most recent book, Known, is a must-read guide to personal branding in the digital age. Mark, you got a lot going on. Welcome to Neon Noise. I'm glad to be here. I do have a lot going on. I, I, got, <laughs> I was a bit exhausted just listening to that. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is long every once in a while. I right? cut things back. <laughs> uh, hey, Mark, do me a favor. Just fill in the gaps on anything that I may have missed and uh, fill, fill us in on, on a little background detail. Well, I think you hit the, the highlights. I really enjoy uh, consulting. I also teach at, uh, at Rutgers University in their, in their grad program. I've been doing that for seven or eight years now. And, uh, of course, um, most people know me through either my blog uh, or my podcast, The Marketing Companion. And of course, um, I've written uh, six books, um, the, the best-selling book on Twitter, which is the title of Twitter. I've written about a book about blogging called Board and Blog. I wrote the first book on influence marketing called Return on Influence. Uh, a great content marketing book I'm very proud of is The Content Code. And now my new book is called Known. Awesome. So the new book, Known, covers personal branding. Let's start off just defining what personal branding is and, and why it's important. You know, I've really struggled with, with the topic because I actually hate the word personal branding. If I could have figured out another word that people would still understand what it is, I probably would have used it because... Personal branding has sort of gone into the lexicon of guru speak these days, uh, which is actually one of the reasons why I wrote the book, because there's so much hype and, and misdirection out there um, that it was really disappointing to me. And um, in my consulting practice, I found that being known in your field contributes to so many personal and professional objectives. Maybe someday you want to write a book. You want to start a speaking career. You want to uh, teach at a university. You want to be invited to be part of a on, a, on a board position, or you just want a better job someday. The person who's known 
always has an advantage of the person who isn't known. And so for the last couple of years, I've been struggling with this, with this challenge to try to figure out, can anybody become known? Is there a process that people could follow? Is there a common thread? So about the process really started, gosh, almost four years ago now. Uh, when I had a conversation with a good friend and we were debating this issue and I said, do you think anybody could become known? And he said, I don't know. He said, people ask me that all the time, but I don't know if I could train someone to do it. And so that was really the moment that started my obsession <laughs> with this topic. I just couldn't let it go. I just had to figure out, is there a process? So I did a lot of research and then I went down the rabbit hole and started interviewing people who are known in their field, in banking, in fitness, in education, in music, in art, um, in uh, finance, in real estate, in construction. I talked to people from all around the world, from Africa and Europe and Asia and America. And what I found is that every person in every field, in every part of the world, did the same four things to become known. And that became the heart of the book. So looking at personal branding in, in that, that term itself, you know, I did, I did a search on Amazon and there's over... 2000 plus different books available. So I know the answer to this, but can you share with us what makes your book known different? Well, I think what makes it different is first of all, it's a proven process. This works. In fact, I'm so confident uh, of this process that when people who are known in their field ask me about it, I turn the question around. I said, let's talk about you. How did you get to be known? And as they tell me their story, you can identify the same four steps. The thing that's become exciting to me about this book is that it's, it's I just don't tell you here are the four steps. There are exercises that help you discern the right path for you. I'm a teacher. You know, I'm a teacher in my heart. I'm a teacher in everything that I, that I do. And I, I, I didn't want people just to read a book and put it down. I wanted them to internalize this. I wanted them to really make it work for them. And it is. Uh, the, the feedback on the book has been remarkable. And one of the things that has taken me by surprise, Ken, is in the book I talk about how on average, it's, it, it took the people that I interviewed in the book, you know, nearly 100 people, on average, it took them about 30 months of work for their brand to really tip. And so in the book, I talk about, you've got to prepare for, you know, this 30-month mindset. It takes commitment. It takes consistency. It takes some grit to succeed in this very competitive world. Here's what's surprising me. The people who have, are following the book are having rapid success. 
I didn't expect it because I look at how long it took everybody else to make progress. And, and here's my theory. People fumble around a lot. And now with this book, we know what to do. So the learning curve, I think, has been condensed somewhat. And, you know, people are giving me the feedback. Wow, I've got this focus. I've got this clarity. I know what to do. I'm doing it. I'm seeing immediate results. So I didn't expect to see that. But I think that's another way my book is, is different because it is uh, proven. It's based on research. It's not just a bunch of hype about, you know, if you can dream it, you can be it. Follow your passion. Follow your dream. The world just doesn't work that way. You've, you've got to look at um, the market. You've got to look at your competitors. If you're going to spend years of your life pursuing a dream, what I try to do through this book is just beg you to think it through, beg you to have a plan. A dream without a plan is just a hobby. If you want to make this your life, if you want to make this your business, think it through with the processes I've got in the book. And I think that last quote, a dream without a plan, or I think in the book it also references a passion without a plan. Yeah. It's just a hobby. Well, you, that, paid, a, you paid attention to that. <laughs> I even jotted a couple things my down. Quote. I know, but there's still the, same, still the same purpose. Absolutely. Pretty, that's impressive. <laughs> now, with, with the book, though, you also have an accompanying workbook, which, which helps you uh, go through these exercises. And I think that it's tremendously helpful in, it's interesting you referenced the folks that you spoke to interviewed for the mm -hmm. book, mm -hmm. 30 months is the average. And, and you bring up that, that fumble that, uh, the, there's some mistakes that they made along the way that, sure. uh, that we all made in our, in our ventures mm -hmm. that your plan does help learn from. And it's this plan, this blueprint, in the path, uh, having the path, knowing where to go, but also the willingness to put the work in, which is I, I, I'm talking about all this to really kind of set up the expectations of embarking on this journey. You know, the 30 month journey is OK. That's a long time hmm. um, that uh, but but the reward there at the end of it all. But the hard work, I think that that everyone that's going into and looking at this personal brand should be aware of the work that goes in. And could you talk a little bit about that and being prepared to, because it's not that magical marketing pill we're all looking for that uh, we can purchase, take, and then suddenly things happen that are just fabulous. Right, right. Well, I mean, I'm a, I'm a very practical person. I'm a very honest person. And the book is an honest book. If something is hard to do, I say it's hard to do. If it takes a long time, I say it takes a long time. And it's not just an opinion. Everything articulated in the, in the book is based on experience and research and these interviews that I did. And I think I don't want to scare people away because I think the great value in the book is that it doesn't have to be overwhelming. I know how difficult this must seem. Where do you even start in this world to become known? Do you need to be on Facebook? Do you need to be on LinkedIn? Do you need to be on YouTube? Do you need a blog? Do you need to create videos? Do you need to be on Instagram? What about Snapchat? It's overwhelming. And I think the great value in the book is to just really simplify 
and say, look, it doesn't have to be overwhelming. You've got three choices, pick one. Now, let's move on to the next thing. You've got three choices, pick one. Now, let's, you know, let's keep on going. And it takes a little bit of introspection and some thought to find the right path that's crafted just for you. I mean, this is not a cookie cutter answer. Um, nobody can say, you know, you do this, you do this, you do this, and you're guaranteed of success. You've, you've got to find your own voice. You've got to really spend some time thinking about, what do I want to be known for? But it does take work, and I address that very forthrightly in the book. It's the weirdest self-help book ever, because <laughs> there's, there's a section of the book where I say, are you, are you sure this is the right time for you? <laughs> exactly. I mean, everybody else talks about, oh, come on, you know, you can do it, you can do it. And I do think sincerely with every fiber of my body that everybody has the opportunity to do this. Absolutely. This is the most amazing and exciting time to be alive if you want to do something like this. I mean, if you think about when I was a young man, how would I ever become known? I'd have to be on television. I'd have to be in the newspaper. And you know what? That's someone else's decision to put me on TV or in a newspaper. Today, we don't have to wait to be picked. We can pick ourselves. We can do it. We can make a decision. We don't have to check the boxes and kiss the butts like you had to, you know, in, in the old days. Today, we have, the, we have the opportunity to create our own power, to create our own influence by creating content on the web. But it does take work. And I mean, it's different for everybody, but an estimate that I put in, in the book is, look, you probably need to devote about five hours a week to this. That's a lot, uh, but it does work. And I'm convinced there's an incredible payoff at the end. And I couldn't agree more. The way that you break it down, it takes this, because you you saying, you know, if you don't have time for this, then, then you know, it's going to require time. And I appreciate that candor because you get into it, you want to kind of know what to expect, what type of investment needs to go in. But it's, it's a very easy to follow process. And if you think about five hours a week, like we can put an hour on their calendar, I think, for anything. And if it is that important of a goal, then most can make it happen. And I agree with you that uh, anyone can do this. What's a brand? What sells a business today? Do we really love a logo or a slogan? Or do we love people? Do we love a product? Or do we love the hands that made it? And I've been immersed in some new projects. And what I'm seeing is all this research that shows that people are less loyal to brands and companies, which makes me think this idea of personal branding is even more important now because, you know, I can't, you know, I'm not loyal to any hotel chain. I'm not loyal to any car brand anymore, but I'm loyal to certain individuals. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm loyal to the person who's, who works for this company or who's creating this product or who is selling this product to me. And uh, that requires 
some work on a personal brand because the people who are known, those are the people who are going to stand out and build those emotional connections. I think that's really the future of, of corporate branding, especially for small and medium-sized companies. Now, touch on a little bit the difference between being known and being famous because there, there is a difference. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, and, you know, that there is some confusion about that. I mean, a lot of people, it's, they might become intoxicated by the idea of becoming an influencer, of becoming the next YouTube star or something like that. That's not what this book is about. What this book is about is having the reputation, the authority, and the presence to help you get your job done, to give you the very best chance for you to achieve your goals, whatever they might be. And it's not just about money. It could be about um, raising money for a charity. It might be maybe you've got a certain point of view that you want to get across to the world. There are lots of reasons to want to have an effective social media presence. Uh, so no matter what your goals are, I, I see so many different personal and professional objectives that really can be helped by having a profound and distinctive social media presence. And this is the book that teaches you how to do that. Now, you mentioned a couple times the four steps that every single one, mm -hmm. or the majority, I don't know if you really said every single one. But you no, said I mean, it, I haven't found an exception so far. <laughs> you haven't found an exception? <laughs> I Beautiful. haven't. All right, so we'll say every single one. Um, can you can you generally cover each of these steps sure. for, for our audience? Well, I've, I've hinted at them throughout the discussion. So let's go ahead and just um, call it out uh, in a more formal way. So we talked about <clears throat> spending time thinking about what you want to be known for, where you fit in in your industry, and what's special, what's distinctive about you. Now, this is where a lot of the self-help books kind of fall off the wagon for me, is they just start and they stop with passion. But if you look at the most successful people, a lot of the time, they didn't follow their passion. Their passion followed them. When I was a little boy, I was passionate about baseball. I wanted to be a baseball player. That didn't work out because I sucked. <laughs> Today, I'm a marketing consultant. I'm an author. I, I, I'm a speaker. I appear on podcasts like this one. And you know what? I have fun every day. I love what I do. Now, that wasn't my dream. That wasn't my passion. But it became my passion because my passion followed me instead of me following my passion. And that's okay. It can work both ways. But it has to be also something that's sustainable. Too many people say, oh, uh, you know, I love photography, so I'm going to open a photography studio, or I love baking, I'm going to open a bakery. And they don't look around them to see what's going on here. What's the competition? Are there enough people that, that are going to love my bakery to make this work, or am I setting myself up for failure? So 
um, this is a very important step to really think about what you want to be known for. And there's exercises in the book to help you get clear on that. One of my favorites that seems to help a lot of people, I have them imagine that they're on a stage and they're going to give a speech at an industry conference two years from now. And the people in the audience are buzzing. They can't wait to hear what you have to say. And you're excited because you're going to deliver a message that is just going to blow people away. What are you going to talk about? What do you want to be known for on that stage two years from now? That's what you need to work through. So that is basically what your story is going to be. Now we have to look at where are you going to tell this, this, this story? I call this finding the place. And this is where a lot of people uh, have some problems because they, they have this story they want to tell, but then they just go crashing into a market where there are already too many people telling that story. So what I encourage people to do is look at what is the, the ecosystem like for your area? How can you find a little place of your own that you can dominate and, and own and maneuver in? So here's just a, a little example. So I have a, a friend. He's a very, very well-known podcaster named John Lee Dumas. And John Lee uh, was in uh, real estate in Los Angeles and spending lots and lots of time in his car. And he wanted to learn how to be an entrepreneur. He wanted to start his own business. So he started listening to podcasts. And he got frustrated because there wasn't a podcast he could listen to every single day. And he was spending a lot of time in his car. So he had an idea to start a podcast about becoming an entrepreneur. He started this podcast called Entrepreneur on Fire. And look, there is so much content being created about entrepreneurship today. There's a whole magazine called Entrepreneur, right? Sure. <laughs> there are books. There are books about it. There are conferences about it. So he was going, you know, he was plowing into this this overwhelming world of content about being an entrepreneur. But this is how he was different. He was the only one creating a podcast every day. He had found his space. And in the book, I've got exercises that you can find your space to. The third step is around the content to fill that space. You know where to tell your story. Now, how are you going to tell it? And this can be really overwhelming to people. Uh, there's so many content options today. And where I encourage people to focus is on one of three things. Number one, is it could it be written content, audio content, like we're doing today, or video content? And some people also use visual content, like something on Instagram or Pinterest. But generally speaking, to get the opportunity for vast awareness, it's got to be one of those three. Written, audio, video. Pick one. Just pick one and master that for a year or two years. Build your audience there. Really get good at it. And don't worry about what your competition is doing. 
don't worry about uh, whether you have an audience or not. Everybody starts at ground zero. Everybody starts at the beginning. Nobody is born an expert. Nobody is, is known overnight. You have got to work through it. So figure out what kind of content can you create that's going to bring you joy. It's going to be lots of fun because you're going to have to spend quite a bit of time with it. The fourth step is creating an actionable audience. And the important word here is actionable. A lot of people think, oh my gosh, all I've got to do is have a lot of followers on Twitter or, or LinkedIn. And oh my gosh, you know, uh, then people are going to read my content and they're just going to buy from me. And the world doesn't work that way. It just doesn't. The audience you have on social media represent weak relational links. It's like somebody that would shake your hand or say hello to you. It doesn't necessarily mean they're going to buy something from you. That takes time. It takes com commitment. It takes engagement. And so in the book, I walk through the steps to create not just a social media audience that's weak, but a strong audience that's going to help you make your dreams come true, whatever that might be. And you might not need millions of fans to do it. Maybe you need dozens of fans to make your goals come true. So I talk about that in a very honest way in the book that, you know, the size of the audience doesn't necessarily represent power. You've got to think that through and create just the right audience that's right for you. So looking at that, size, quality versus quantity of audience. You see different, let's call them influencers out there with, uh, and this has been made some headlines lately, some influencers out there with gigantic followings that uh, mm -hmm. might be fabricated a bit. Mm -hmm. And so you see some of the corporations that uh, might feel uh, they've been duped because they were thought that they were going to receive X and they actually got Y because of these numbers. Um, so what are some methods, what are some ways, you know, you, you, in your book, I think you referenced nine ways to stand out in a crowd, which is essentially what you're, you're doing here is you're trying to build an audience, create, um, fans, so to speak, that, mm -hmm. uh, become known. Um, and I'm trying not to cross over into the influ influencer realm, um, mm -hmm. too much, but you're, you're, you're trying to, to, to build this audience. And so what in this very busy, crowded world, um, what are some of the different ways to stand out? Well, as, as you mentioned, there are a lot of different ideas in the book, but I'm going to focus on one. And it's the one that I think is the most important one. And the question that you asked me was exactly the same question I asked someone that I really looked up to, somebody who's certainly known in his field. Dr. Robert Cialdini, and I asked him this question about, oh, I guess it was five or six years ago now, I was working on a book called Return on Influence, and Dr. Cialdini has written the, the best-known books on influence and power in the workplace in the world. He has a new book on the New York Times bestseller list called Presuasion now. So I got to interview him for my book, and at the end of the interview, I asked him the question that you asked me in this very noisy, crowded world, what does it take to stand out? And he answered me with just three words. It was so simple and so elegant, 
And I'll tell you something, Ken, the more I'm in this business, the more I'm in this world, I realize how true these words are. He said, be more human. And I think the key to building this actionable audience to really being known in this world is to create an emotional connection with people. Um, to, to, to demonstrate that, that you're human and that you're not an influencer on a mountain or standing on a pillar someplace, that, that you're a person too and that you are happy and you're joyful and you suffer and you fail and, and you, you want them to come along on this journey with you. I think to stand out today, you need to be original. And to be original, we have no choice but to have the courage. And I think it does take courage to add your own voice, your own story, your own personality, your, hever- your, lever- your, uh, your heritage. <laughs> I was combining two words there. <laughs> shows, shows truly I am human. <laughs> Absolutely. Your, 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 your education, your experiences. Uh, you know, what it was like growing up in your family. You have no competition. There's only one you. There can only be one you. And if you have the courage to add your story to your content, you will stand out. You will build that emotional connection with your audience. And it may not be millions, but it'll be the right audience. Instead of trying to find your audience If you show yourself, your audience will find you. And that's really powerful. In being human, you're really being yourself, letting your true character, your morals, your core values shine through rather than trying to emulate maybe someone else that's been successful. Well, yeah, I mean, I think... You know, let me give you an, an, an example of a very powerful moment for me. About, I guess it was three years ago, I was bidding on the biggest contract of my life. It was with the U.S. Air Force. And because it was a government contract, I had to go through this vetting process. I had to go through an interview. And so these procurement directors from the Air Force were on a, Skype call with me. It was, it was like having a Skype call with like three Clint Eastwoods. It was very intimidating. <laughs> and, um, so I was, it was a little, I was a little nervous because the stakes were really high. I was confident I could do this. Uh, but this was new territory for me. So I was on the call and I started explaining why I was the best person for the job. And about 90 seconds into my discussion, the procurement director for the Air Force interrupted me and said, oh, Mr. Schaefer, we all know who you are. We all read your blog. And I knew at that moment I had the job because I was known. Yeah. And the competitors weren't. Through my content, over a period of years, they came to know 
who I was, how I thought, what my experience was, what I stood for. I, I didn't know these people, but they knew me. I was known to them. They had built this emotional connection with me. They had a level even of trust with me, and I had never met them before. And that's the power of being known. It, it creates the only permanent and sustainable advantage we have in this world today. It's the only thing we can carry with us throughout our career and throughout our lives. Are you known or are you not? And if you're known, you've got an advantage. The doors will open, the calls will be returned, the people will come knocking with new opportunities for you. And uh, that's really how the world works today. Do you, to begin this process for, for all the listeners thinking about, yes, this sounds like something I want to do. I want to write a book. I want to begin speaking. I want to embark on a political career. I want to join a board. I want to further my career or just uh, solidify, uh, validate uh, my, my place in the industry. How much of a subject matter expert do you need to be because everyone, I always look at this and say, there's always somebody else out there that knows more than I do about something else. But I, I think that it, it creates hesitation and saying, but I'm not an expert. I'm not the guru. Who am I to tell someone else how to do something? I've been doing this clever little trick. At least it's clever to me. I think it's clever. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe your listeners will think it's dumb. I don't know. But whenever I give a speech about this topic, I've been showing uh, a baby picture of somebody who's known in their field. So if I'm giving a speech to uh, a bunch of real estate people or a bunch of insurance people or a bunch of medical people, I'll find like who is the most famous author in that field. And I'll see if I can either go through that person's PR people or whatever, and I'll get a, a, a baby picture or a picture of them when they're a young person or a teenager. And I'll show that and I'll start talking about this person and they don't know who it is because it's a picture of a baby. I'll say, look at this person. Look at this baby. He's, you know, he's, he's so innocent. He's got the whole world before him. He's not an expert. He wasn't born an expert. And then I'll show a picture of who it is. And I'll say, it's a journey. Becoming an expert is a journey. And that journey begins with one step. And you don't have to be an expert because nobody is born an expert. I started blogging about nine years ago. I had no idea what I was doing. I stumbled. I fumbled. I was terrible. Nobody was reading it. Nobody was sharing. Nobody was commenting. It was a very, very lonely place. But I figured it out because I blogged every single week. I've, I've blogged at least twice a week, every week for nine years. Wow. I figured it out. I became good at it because I didn't give up. I, I worked and I worked and I worked and I worked and I got feedback and I changed and I adapted. And about six years after I started, I wrote a book called Born to Blog. I wrote a book about blogging. Now, 
took me five or six years to figure it out. I was not born an expert on blogging. When I started blogging, I knew nothing about blogging. I've written the best-selling book on blogging. <laughs> but I wasn't born an expert. Sure. Nobody is. So you just start on the journey. In another, you know, I pulled I pulled several quotes from your book, but another one that really stuck to me that uh, is right along these lines is it's a professional and simply an amateur who didn't quit. <laughs> it's so true. You know, this is something that made a profound impact on me as I was writing the book. I mean, I learned so much from writing this book. And one of the things I learned was this importance of grit, of, of just hanging in there. And every person I interviewed for the book, the last question I asked them was, if you could give one piece of advice to the people who are reading this book, what would it be? And nearly every person used some form of the word consistency or resilience or tenacity. And what I learned is that not giving up is almost more important. It may be more important than being smart, than being an expert, than being talented. Sometimes you just outlast people. <laughs> sure. And um, the people who really establish themselves as being the go-to person in an industry, about being note in an industry, they have grit. The other thing that I learned, which is kind of in the same ballpark, is when I listened to what these people were telling me, I started hearing a pattern. They would say, you know, I don't give up because I know I'm impacting people. I'm changing the world. People depend on me. People, people appreciate what I'm doing. I kept hearing that over and over again. I thought, you know, that can't be a coincidence. There's got to be something there. And having a sense of purpose is related to this idea of consistency and grit and tenacity. You know, there are plenty of times I'm tired or I'm sick and I just don't feel like vlogging that week. But what keeps me going is I know there are people out there that love what I do. They love my ideas. I've become part of the fabric of their lives. I've I had a woman tell me recently, she said, I start my day with a cup of coffee and your blog. And that is a very special honor. When I write my blog, the idea I have in my mind is today I and every day, I will never let you down. I am going to create content that is interesting and relevant and timely and entertaining, and it will always be worth your time. You may not agree with me, and maybe I'm even wrong, but it's going to be worth your time. You're going to learn something today, or I'm going to make you think in some way. And I know that, that I'm changing people's lives because they've told me that. And uh, uh, I end the book. The, the book kind of has this strange emotional crescendo. I started the book talking about the darkest time of my life. 
And that was a hard decision. Is a is a grueling decision to say, I'm going to put this in a book <laughs> and I can't take it back and it, it'll, it'll never go away. And the reason I made the decision to do that was because I wanted people to know that wherever they are in their lives, I was probably below that. It was like a literary way to put my arm around the reader and say, let's go do this together. And then the stories in the book build. There's so many inspirational people in the book. And the last story in the book is about a young woman that came up to me at a conference in Scotland. And she just couldn't wait to meet me. She was so excited. And she had tears in her eyes. And she said, I've read your content. I've read your books for years. And you were the only one that took time to answer my questions when I was confused. I do what I do because of you. That's awesome. I am who I am because of you. And I keep that in my mind. That's the fuel that keeps me going. That's my purpose. I'm never going to let her down. Very cool. And that's why I don't quit. In the purpose you talk, do you find that because you people, you make money from your books, you make money from your podcast, you make money from your teachings and your speaking engagements. Do you find that purpose to have more value than the, the monetary compensation that you receive? I mean, look, you, you don't you don't make much money from books. You really don't. And you don't make much money from teaching. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, but it's rewarding. And it, it, it for me, I mean, it fits for me because it's it's interconnected. Teaching my classes forces me to stay on top of all the current trends. To be a consultant, I've got to be on top of all the current trends. When I go into a consulting engagement, I find big problems that people have or questions that they have. That becomes content from my blog. The content from my blog becomes the ideas behind my books. So it all works together. Um, but, you know, I'm at a point in my life yeah, of course. I mean, I need an income. I still have a, a mortgage. I still have bills to pay. I'm not in, you know, I'm not uh, at a point where I'm, uh, you know, uh, a millionaire or something like that, where I, I don't need to work. But, but my real, my reward, the, the fuel that keeps me going is, you know, I enjoy what I do and I'm helping people. And that's important to me. Um, uh, I'm at a point in my life where it's time to give back. It's time to send the elevator back down. I had lots of people help me along the way. And what I love about my life is, is having uh, a great impact on people and helping people. Love that. What would you say to someone fearful of being, you know, you put yourself out there, you're, you're mm -hmm. placing your thoughts online Mm -hmm. uh, whether it's in written audio or video form, what would you say to someone who's fearful of being judged or critiqued? Uh, and that's holding them back from creating content, publishing content. Well, I mean, that's a real fear. And, and it's and the thing that I, I want to emphasize that might surprise people is it's hard for me. I'm an introvert. Um, I'm a per very personal 
person. I'm a private person. I don't um, like talking about my life and my family and what's going on. But I, I, I talk about it a little bit because I think it is important for people to know what I stand for and, and what I do and what's important in, in, in my life. And here's what I've learned. That every time I take a little risk and talk about, let's say, something bad that happened. If I say, look, I'm confused. I don't have all the answers. Or I'm angry. Or I'm feeling joyful. Or um, uh, I, I, <laughs> I actually wrote a blog post about one of the stupidest things I ever did in my life. I got stuck in a bathroom on a train in 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 England. <laughs> and 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 there was no other purpose in the blog post other than to say I did this really stupid thing and it was a funny story. But I think it's important to remind people that we're all equal in our human condition. And every time I take a risk and do something like that, people say, oh, I love that. Oh, how did you know I was thinking about the same thing? Oh, I struggled with the same thing. I'm, I'm so glad that you talked about that. And so it like, it's, it's like, oh, wow, it worked. That really relates to people. Well, maybe I should do a little bit more. I mean, I don't like being on video, but every time I'm on video, people seem to love it. I get rewarded for it. So it encourages me to do a little bit more. So what I would say to people who are afraid is that first of all, your fears are probably overblown because generally speaking, people are really nice. <laughs> and if they see that you're trying your best and they see that you're trying to help people and create good content, they're going to say thank you and they're going to appreciate it. There's not as much hate out there as is portrayed as, in the press, people generally people are, are pretty supportive. I've had sixty thousand comments on my blog. I've deleted nine of them. <laughs> That's nothing to lose sleep over. That sort of percentage. Uh, the second thing I would say is, ten years from now, we'll look back at this time and say, "Oh, I wish I could go back to that year." that month. I wish I could live back then because there were so many opportunities. The internet was just beginning. There's been no better time in our lives. There's been no better time in history to take advantage of this opportunity and build a personal brand than right now because the internet is just beginning. The people, the ideas, the products, the content, that are going to impact us the most 10 years from now haven't been invented yet. So, I mean, try it. <laughs> Go for it. Uh, take advantage of this amazing opportunity that we have. Good stuff. I couldn't agree more. And you think about all the things going on and the popularity of some people or how well-written or how much covered this particular topic is and you think how can i even in, enter this this conversation but the, the evolution of of everything you think about how young 
even the internet itself is and how much has changed just, you know, the, the past three years versus the last five years. And you look at 10 years down the line. Um, it's exciting. 20 years ago, 20 years ago, Google hadn't been invented yet. Yeah. 20 years ago, there were 100,000 websites. There's, there's 60 million today. Uh, you know, 20 years ago, uh, 20% of Americans were on the internet. I mean, that, that's not that long ago. No. To, to think what's, what world, the world's going to be like 10 years from now, it's, it's really, it's unfathomable. Yeah. So, you know, get in there and, and, and let's, let's hear your voice in the world. Perfect. So Mark, what are you working on now? What or what do you have coming down in the upcoming future that has you really excited, whether it's something you're working on or something that you foresee happening? Well, what I'm working on now is both frightening and exhilarating. All right. And it's frightening because what I'm realizing is that a lot of my most closely held beliefs about business and marketing aren't true anymore. And here's what I mean by that. So in marketing, I've always thought our job is to create loyalty with our customers. We want to create awareness that leads to trust. And then hopefully if we, if they give us a shot, the trust will lead to loyalty and they'll say, Oh, not only do we want to buy stuff from you, we want to bring all our friends. And I think you can't deny that in our world today, loyalty is going away. Sure. Not completely, but it's not like it used to be. We used to really love a brand like ivory soap. That's, you know, that's how the word soap operas got started because ivory soap sponsored the television shows. That's all we knew. Every bar of soap in my house, my entire life was ivory soap because my mom wanted to buy soap for her children that she trusted. And the only way you knew what to trust was to see it on TV. That's not the way it works today. We trust what we hear from our friends. We trust the people who are known. We trust influencers. I know a lot of people hate that term, but it's real. Yeah. Uh, because the influencers, they're experts. They're passionate about their their field of expertise. They they put their reputation on the line every single day because they have opinions about stuff. And now, if I, I if I want to buy soap from somebody in my community, I go online. I find it. Uh, I just discovered that here, I live in Knoxville, Tennessee. There's a, there's a little uh, business here that's making cucumber grits soap. I mean, grits, that's like this, you know, food that we eat here in the southern United States. Sure. It sounds really fascinating <laughs> to me. Cucumber grits soap, all right? So I'm, I'm going to go buy some of this stuff because I want to support the local people. And, and if I meet those people and I get to know those people and maybe I'll connect those people on social media, you know, maybe I'll love the soap. Maybe I won't. But maybe I'll love the people who make the soap. Maybe I'll love the hands that make the soap. That's an opportunity we never had in the ivory soap days. And so I'm beginning to just really think about what is a brand today. It's not advertising. It's not corporate messaging. Maybe it's the people in our company. Maybe we can't love a brand anymore. 
Maybe it's all about loving people. And that's, maybe it's about scaling the idea of known, making the people in your own company known. Maybe that's how we're going to get the word about our company out and what we do and why people love to work there and why you should buy it from us. Those are some of the ideas I've been thinking about and some of the things I'm working on next. That's exciting. I'm actually training people and companies on how to be known. Uh, I'm working with some really big companies and, and they say, you know, to have an effective social media presence today is a life skill. And if more of our employees have that life skill, we're going to be a more effective company. Teach us how to do that. I think that's a really cool idea. So, uh, so I'm, I'm getting more and more pull for that kind of training. Very sure. cool. Very, very interesting. Hey, Mark, what is the best way for our listeners to get in touch with you? It's very, very easy. If you can just remember businesses grow, you can find me. Or you can Google Mark Schaefer, but most people can't spell Schaefer. So let's just <laughs> stick with businesses grow. <laughs> Go to businesses grow. You can find uh, my, all of my books. You can find my podcast, my blog, and lots of resources to help businesses of every size. Very, very good. All right, Mark. Hey, before we say goodbye, if you have one piece of parting advice for our listening audience, what would that be? Oh, well, you know, I guess it'd be to, to have the courage to start. You know, take that step. The world of the internet and business and personal branding, I know it seems overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be. Take a look at the book follow the plan and just take that first step and start. Beautiful. Great advice. Neon Noise Nation, we hope you enjoyed our conversation today with Mark. Be sure to go over and check out his website at businessesgrow.com. Mark, thanks very, very much for being on the show today. Thanks so much for having me and, and thanks for the great questions. It was a delight to have questions from people that uh, read the book and, and, and understood it and appreciate it. So that was awesome. Thanks. Absolutely. We've, uh, we really enjoyed your time today. The show notes for today's episode will be available at neongoldfish.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, this is Justin, Ken, and Mark signing off. Neon Noise Nation, we will see you again next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Neon Noise Podcast. Did you enjoy the podcast? If so, please subscribe, share with a friend, or write a review. We want to cover the topics you want to hear. If you have an idea for a topic you'd like Justin and Ken to cover, connect with us on Twitter at Neon Goldfish or through our website at neongoldfish.com.